1: Global News at 9 o'clock. I'm Michelle Morton. The fate of a downtown tent city will be learned tomorrow. A judge could grant an injunction to the city which will see residents in the 58 West Hastings tent city be kicked out of their makeshift campground. But Carnegie Community Action Project spokesperson Maria Walsom says she's still hopeful for a positive outcome. I
0: think there's precedent set in Victoria this summer where the, the judge didn't grant the injunction to the province when they tried to dismantle the tent city and um, the judge said that the the benefits of the camp outweigh the, the harms of the camp. And so we're hoping that the judge tomorrow will make a similar case and not grant the injunction.
1: Last month, the city of Vancouver filed for a B.C. Supreme Court injunction to shut down the site on health and safety grounds. The tugboat, which ran aground off Bella Bella last month, is expected to be removed tomorrow.
2: CKW's Neve Anderson reports. It's been 32 days since the Nathan E. Stewart ran aground in the waters of the Seaforth Channel near Bella Bella, and locals in the area can almost breathe a sigh of relief as the tug is set to be removed. Latest reports suggest over 107,000 litres of diesel was spilled as a result of the disaster. The health of First Nations say they are hopeful salvage crews will be successful due to a favourable weather forecast. Once lifted, the tug will be placed on a salvage barge and towed away from the area. Neve Anderson, News Talk, 980 Seekin, W. Vancouver. A UBC
1: researcher says over 20% of Vancouverites have fallen victim to food fraud. Yashi Hu says many food items we eat every day are packed with things that aren't supposed to be in there. But the 24-year-old has come up with an award-winning method to combat food fraud and keep contaminants out of the food supply. People do the fraudulent because they
3: want to make more economic benefits. So they use some cheaper material to replace the more expensive material. So we try to use um, more... more rapid and accurate methods to differentiate the authentic food from the fake food.
1: Who will receive a Metax Award for Outstanding Innovation tomorrow for her method, which detects contaminants including harmful food dyes. New Zealand Prime Minister John Key says the powerful earthquake that struck the southern part of the country has killed at least two people. Shattered glass and fractured nerves in New Zealand.
3: The island nation rocked by a major earthquake overnight. Sirens ringing out across several coastal towns. Many people waking up to shaking, swaying, and things crashing to the ground. Residents report the first quake lasted two or three minutes, followed by strong aftershocks. Jennifer Eccleston,
1: ABC News, London. Today in the U.S., immigrants and their advocates took to the streets of New York City to add their voices to those who have been marching and protesting Donald Trump's presidential win, Protester Abby Swenstein, who voted for Hillary Clinton, says she understands the hard road immigrants have. I work professionally with many immigrants. I see how they struggle, and I want to throw all my support behind them. Demonstrations entered a fifth day today. Other rallies were held in Toronto, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Denver. The Prime Minister is preparing to meet with some of the world's most powerful institutional investors tomorrow. Two dozen representatives of large international pools of capital including central bank sovereign wealth funds, insurers and pension funds, will gather in Ottawa. Their combined assets are worth a staggering $21 trillion Canadian. Justin Trudeau will be telling them that Canada offers a stable economic and political environment in which to safely invest. From Deadpool to Doctor Who, it was all at Vancouver's Fan Expo this past weekend. About 25,000 people showed up, a number of them in costume. For one man who dressed up as a space marine from the Warhammer 40,000 video game, the expo was a chance to celebrate all the hard work he'd put into making his costume.
0: Uh, inception to first wearing was two and a half years. Working part time on it and in a small condo in Vancouver.
1: He says he also had to learn a number of techniques to create the costume. You can see a photo of it on our website along with other costumes from this past weekend at cknw.com. CKNW news time is 9.04, now the latest AIM 7.30 traffic on CKNW. Here's Caitlin Osanski.
2: Good evening, we start in Burnaby The a collision along Canada Way. It's eastbound at Burris, that's in the right lane. Traffic is able to squeeze by in the only eastbound lane and it is very slow for westbound traffic as well between Imperial and Burris, so best just to avoid that area altogether. Lots of ongoing road work out there. In Vancouver, there is road work along Canby at southbound. Just before King Ed, the right lane is closed. It remains that way to the end of the year. And also along Oak, northbound between 10th and Broadway, the left lane is closed until December 31st. For the most up-to-date traffic information, tune in to AM730. All traffic all the time. I'm Caitlin Osansky.
1: Now the Sports on News Talk 980, CKNW on the ice. After playing overtime, the Canucks beat visiting Dallas 5-4. Chicago down Montreal 3-2. In the third period, the New York Rangers are leading Edmonton 3-1. Winnipeg beat the Kings 3-2. Minnesota took the 2-1 win over Ottawa. The BC Lions advanced to the West Division final with a 32-31 win against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at home. And the Seattle Seahawks won against New England 31-24. Now global sky tracker weather on CKNW. Tonight, rain at times heavy and windy. Temperature will stick around 10 degrees and tomorrow a chance of showers in the morning, mostly cloudy and then temperature steady around 11 degrees and tomorrow night mostly cloud cover with a chance of showers cooling down to 7 degrees. In Aldergrove is 10 degrees and mostly cloudy outside CKNW Pacific Center is 10 degrees. CKNW Weather for Fidelity Investments reach for the stars. Talk to a financial advisor about Fidelity Investments today. CKNW News Time 906, I'm Michelle Morton.
0: Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Maureen McGrath, your host for this show. I'm a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, a blogger at Fifty Shades of Pink, and on the Huffington Post. I wrote a book, Sex and Health. I I have a clinical practice, one here in Vancouver and the other in North Vancouver. You can find out information about me or my services at backtothebedroom.com. C A, that's back to the bedroom. Is it back to the dot com or dot C A? That's terrible. I don't even know. I need an assistant. Back to the dot CA. Let's check it out. I think it's dot C A. All right. Dot C A. Okay, great. Back to the dot C A.
4: That's really,
0: really terrible of me.
4: You know what? It was just such a busy day yesterday that I
0: know. And I said don't let this blonde hair fool you. Well, you know what? This blonde hair is no longer <laughs> <laughs> this blonde hair is telling the truth, actually. <laughs> anyway, sorry all you blondes out there. I'm blonde too. So that's <laughs> so that's why I can make fun of blondes. and make fun of Americans because I'm American too. So we get to make fun of our own, right? Isn't that a rule? I think so. I think it is. Yeah. Let's, well, we'll make it a rule. Absolutely. Yeah, let's make it a rule for sure. Okay. Uh, so we're talking about sexual attraction. Maybe you're attracted to blondes. Maybe not. Who turns you on? Are you primarily attracted to men, women, or both sexes? There's some new research uh, that uh, that talks about how we may not consciously realize who attracts us. That's why I say we we set up this whole thing of this whole idea of the perfect person that we want to be with, this whole fantasy, stray and gate. And gay men seem to accurately detect their sexual attraction toward women and men, but straight women and lesbians may not. So researchers Shivers uh, presented straight men and women, as well as gay men and lesbian w- lesbians, with three different sexual films. Now, when you do sex research, I'm telling you, because I've done it before, the ethical procedures that you have to go to, getting the uh, clinical research ethics boards Uh, approval is, is brutal. And some of these films that get approved are really not that risque. Okay. They're really pretty tame, but so just keep that in mind. But the three films that these researchers did, one film depicted two women, one featured one man and one woman, and the last involved two men. And what the researchers did, they measured the uh, research subjects' self-reported sexual arousal as well as genital arousal. They generally insert a probe into um, uh, into a woman's vagina to determine their genital arousal, or I'm sure they uh, put some leads or something on uh, male penis or scrotum. Or, but for the men, of course, the results were straightforward. Gay men exhibited more subjective and physiological arousal to the film involving two men, and straight men exhibited more arousal to the film involving two women. But the women were more complex and more surprising. What a shocker. Although lesbians thought they were more aroused by the film with two women and heterosexual women thought they were more aroused by the film involving one man and one woman, both lesbian and heterosexual women were physiologically aroused by all three films, regardless of the actors. So the women actually get aroused more frequently by looking at, Same-sex couples, heterosexual sex, uh, two men having sex, two women having sex, So, which is quite interesting. And uh, this research is out of the social psychology of attraction and romantic relationships. If you want to call me about this subject, about who you're attracted to or not, or why you think someone isn't attracted to you, or why you are attracted to somebody, or if you're surprised at who you are attracted to, give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We're talking about research from The Social Psychology of Attraction and Romantic Relationships um, by Madeline Fugere. There's also, uh, it's also, it's research by Shivers. It's, um, there's some research by Cousins as well, Evolutionary Theory, The Social Psychology, as I said, of Attraction and Romantic Relationships. Um, Does, and we're also going to be talking about familial resemblance and does familial resemblance activate sexual attraction? Um, So that's something else that is also quite surprising because we are unconsciously attracted to ourselves and our parents. And I find this kind of interesting. The most common, I don't know if you told me this, Matt, but the most common post on Facebook these days is the 45 year old woman posting a selfie. So I've asked some 45-year-old women, why do you post your picture on Facebook? And they've told me they think they look good. <laughs> um, so they're the judges of that. <laughs> they're attracted to themselves, I guess. <laughs> um, so which strikes me rather odd, but, um, but apparently that's, that's it. Do you find yourself attractive? Do you find yourself attractive, Matt? To be
4: honest at the moment
0: no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither of us find ourselves just <laughs> like, today. Yeah, no. I don't mean
4: like right now, but yeah. I think that in the last I I need to get I need to get back to the gym. Like I'm not I'm not happy with my appearance at the moment. So like, that's sort
0: of more the inside and the outside and the Yeah, and, and
4: I the reason I, I noticed this is because I like I don't have a really big desire to date right now. Okay. And I've never experienced this before in my life. So
0: well, you're, I think you're really incredibly busy, and um, you know that that can lead. It to... It is true. I am yeah.
4: seven days a week. I'm I'm either at school or work. Yeah, yeah. So. There's no
0: time to reflect, and you have to reflect in every relationship. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit more about being unconsciously attracted to ourselves, and or our parents. And you know, some people uh, they actually. Think that they are pretty attractive, you know. They they take a look at themselves in the mirror. There there are some people who look at themselves a lot. Do you ever notice that? Some people can't go buy anything without looking checking. Oh, themselves you see it all out. the
4: time, and I've I've done it as well. Walking down shops, and I see oh that mirror that window looks really, really reflective. Let's see how I look right now, and oh, or do even you? just people holding up their phones just not to take a photo, oh.
0: but... Oh my god. And I have
4: quite a few friends that post selfies um or the the one that always gets me is when you're in front of a mirror and you can see the phone. Oh right, yeah. And I never understood those photos. I just but. take
0: my selfies in the dark. Um, I I am I'm not one to look in a mirror I never look in a mirror I should because then everybody's just like oh your mascara is running down the (laughs) side of your face Um, but I don't like mirrors I hate looking in them so no I actually don't find myself attractive if you were wondering
4: I like mirrors in certain places of the house but
0: well on the ceiling yes we all like them there Matt Um, but we're not talking about that just yet Um, but we are gonna be talking we're gonna get to this subject a little bit later about being unconsciously attracted to ourselves Uh, And our parents as well, which is surprising in some of the research that I have been reviewing uh, by Fraley and Marks recently. So we're going to talk about that probably uh, after the 930. But coming up after our little break here, we're going to talk with Sarah Levine, top privacy lawyer in the city, Alexis Alli- uh, Lex Alliance Alliance Lex, sorry, I'm getting everything mixed up today. I really, I am. I should have kept. <laughs> should have gone for a run.
4: You really did eat a brownie before you came to work, didn't you?
0: I did. Yeah, they gave me some. No, <laughs> I should. I could never eat one. Anyway, I'd be really bad. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so Alliance Lex, top privacy lawyer Sarah Levine. She's gonna. She's gonna be here talking about. Privacy breaches, what you should put online, what you shouldn't put online, what are some of the more dangerous dating sites, and about this little adult friend finder, big giant breach. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Close to you right now. I feel so close to you right now, all of you listeners listening to me. Thank you so much. I can't believe it, Matt. I, you know that I, um, my my credit card was compromised, and I'm just getting notices. Your LinkedIn can't be paid, and your GoDaddy can't be paid <laughs> because they have those on file. What a drag. Anyway, it's never good when your privacy is invaded in any way, and especially if you are on one of those... Uh, One of those accounts that you don't want anyone to know about, like Adult Friend Finder, has had a breach of over 300 million accounts. So 300 million accounts have been exposed in a massive breach. That is way more than the Ashley Madison hack that took place in July of 2015, which revealed 32 million accounts. Although, Although that attack was accompanied by a more aggressive extortion campaign. Joining me on the line is lawyer, Sarah Levine of Lex Alliance. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Alliance Lex. Did I say Lex Alliance again? Alliance Lex. How are you? Good. Thanks. How are you? Oh,
3: I'm fine. Thanks.
0: Great. You're very impressive yesterday at the Vancouver Women's Conference talking about privacy. You basically scared everybody off of online dating for the rest of their lives.
3: (laughs) Well, I think it can be done safely and carefully, but uh, thanks. Thanks
0: for the call, That's right. No, it was excellent. Um, so we have another breach. We have, I, I mean, this is just so uh, typical. We're talking about it yesterday. And some people may or may not have believed the, the seriousness and and how careful you must be, one must be, before they join one of these dating sites because this can be exposed. This So Adult Friend Finder has had 300 million accounts exposed in a massive breach.
3: Yeah, it's, um, you know, sometimes it it's, you, you can be as careful as you possibly can, and uh, you can still be a victim of one of these breaches If uh, because there's really no site that is 100% safe. Like, um, you know, in real life, people sometimes get robbed and, and sites sometimes get hacked. Now, there have been a few reports about this, uh, not that many, but it does appear that the site didn't use a very... Uh, uh, Stringent security measures. They had a lot of the passwords in plain text and uh, they had an older form of encryption, I think, based on uh, what I've looked at so far. So, one thing to remember if you're going to go on any of these sites is to make sure you use a password that's unique to the site. Never use a password that you use anywhere else, number one. Um, and number two, use a hard to um, to, uh, to decrypt passwords. So uh, based on my reading, it looks like uh, nearly a million accounts had the password 123456.
0: Is that right?
3: And that's very common. Wow. Uh, another 100,000 had the password password. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so don't do that, I would say.
0: Matt's um, used both of those. Both of those I've used before. <laughs> oh, my yeah, gosh.
3: Never, never do that, and sure don't use it on anything that's important. So never use those kind of passwords on your banking, never use those kind of passwords on uh, any any site that you actually hold uh, confidential information on. It does look like this site, it doesn't look like um, much actually, you know, other than the username, the name, uh, and the email address of the user, um, the date of the last visit, and the passwords, doesn't look like much any other information was was breached.
0: But if people want to find out if they're suspicious of their wife or their husband and they want to uh, check out the name, they can find if they're...
3: It's not clear to me if that's possible. There's a website that, uh, if you check in the news reports, there's a website called Leap Source that seems to have made the first publication of this um, just a few hours ago today. So it's, it's, you know, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't recommend... Uh, searching up people—I mean, that in itself is a breach of privacy. So,
0: oh, um, interesting. So that is—it um, was great information yesterday that you gave about what dating sites to choose and which ones not to choose.
3: Well, I would say that it's always a better idea to choose more reputable dating sites. Always remember that every everywhere you go on the internet, um, they're all businesses that are trying to make money somehow. So, some make money by charging fees, and some make money by Um, at the back end, utilizing the data in one way or another. So, you know, they've got staff and offices and technology they have to pay for, so they're a business. So never forget that. Just because it looks free doesn't mean it is free. So you may want to think about going to a site that may charge a fee rather than being free, for example. Although, you know, depending on the amount of information people put onto the site, uh, that may be something they care about or not. The other things to remember is try to avoid linking your online dating site to other social networking sites that you use like Facebook or Instagram, because um, they may be sharing that data between them.
0: And it may be
3: possible for anybody seeing your online profile on your dating site to also link to the information um, or find their way to the Facebook information. And of course, you know, on Facebook you may put a different kind of information about your life than you might want to put on an online dating site. Um, so
0: there's, there are those kinds of. Are we
3: losing her? Uh, can you have you got me? Yeah, I got you now. To have that kind of stuff, try to keep that stuff separate. Um, remember too that you know there's, there's, uh, I you know in real life security issues to think about when you're doing online dating. So, you know, standard stuff. Do a background check if you can. Just Google the person before you meet them. Meet them in public. Always start slow. Avoid whirlwind romances. And, because that uh, can
0: be the sign of a con artist you said yesterday.
3: Yeah, those seem to be the reports uh in uh in the FBI reports and other kind of fraud uh investigatory agencies, they, they talk about how it's very easy, you know, if someone's looking for love, vulnerable, it's and trust.
0: Right. Yeah, we're losing you, Sarah, and it's so good. Can you hear me? Yeah we can It's
3: particularly easy in uh online. Because it's very easy to take advantage of a person when they're vulnerable if they're online, because you're alone and you're typing. You know, you're not even talking to someone. You're not in a public place. You're not assessing their body language or their facial expressions. Um, so it's very easy to be taken advantage of in those situations. It's always important to be to have your guard up. Always remember too um, that uh, people can be taken advantage of later. You can end up in a uh, an intimate conversation or maybe trading pictures and the person is catfishing you or may end up posting those pictures on a site and then extorting money. That has happened. That has been reported and it can be obviously, you know, terrible. Right. So always remember, um, you know, Anthony Weiner didn't post those pictures to the press himself. The people that he sent them to, who he trusted, oh. posted them, right? Right. Um. So... You don't always know who you're dealing with online. It's always a good idea to bear that in mind.
0: And why did he trust them? Did he actually know them?
3: Uh, You know, you'd have to ask him.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, We trust. trust We trust online. We trust online. By nature, we're trusting.
3: We're trusting. Absolutely. And the other thing is that all organizations in Canada are subject to privacy laws that require them to uh, tell you If you write to them and ask what information they have about you, they have to tell you. And so there's a website that you can go to called accessmyinfo.org, and they will help you uh, walk through how to to write to organizations and ask them the question, what information do you have about me, and how to get the answer. The other place to go for information is the Privacy Commissioner's website here in British Columbia, Privacy Commissioner of or you could check out the Privacy Commissioner of Canada's website. They both have good information for consumers and individuals about how to uh, protect your privacy, how to protect it online, how to protect it in your apps. The final thing I wanted to say is when you're using mobile apps, so on your phones, very important to check the um, settings for the apps Make sure that you're not being tracked if you don't want the location tracker to be on. Make mm. sure that um, it can't upload your photos without your permission or at all. Um, just check the settings for each of the apps that you have and so that you know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and I'm I- trying to do that right now. I mean, yeah. that's... the. Thing. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like you don't really know how to do that. One question I have for you, I don't know if you can answer this, but I love it when um, when like Facebook does this, LinkedIn does this, they say, to improve your privacy, give us your phone number. I yeah. never do. What's that about?
3: Well, I mean, you know, sometimes that's a way for them to check if you're trying to log, log in from another location or maybe another device. Um, or if you forget your password, some of the sites use your phone number because Obviously, you know, we've all got a million passwords, and they're hard to remember, and that's why people use passwords like passwords.
0: This is my trick for get for using, when I have to do a new password. Wherever I am, I just look around the room, and I pick out an object. Now, that could be dangerous to someone like me. And then I use that as the, it's always accepted as strong. I add a few numbers at the end, boom, I'm done.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
3: so everybody can have a personal rule. Some people use, you know, um, a historical event, and they go through... 20 different nice. historical events of the same kind, like right. a war or a famine or a you know, movie star's birth date or death date or whatever. So people can use those kinds of rules that they make up themselves that are important to them to come up with passwords. Now, um, nevertheless, it's also a good idea to try se- finding sentences are harder to break now so you know marilyn monroe died on such and such a date right. capitals and small letters and and uh numbers and so on rather than just a particular date
0: exactly how about the you safari ones mean? that they suggest those are like yeah completely we're never going to remember those ones but uh, you have to remember to then copy and paste them put them into some article anyway we're we're keeping in mind that lawyers get paid by the word sarah levine right. <laughs> We have to go to break. It's great information, as always. Love talking to you. Take care. All right, you too. Sarah Levine, the top privacy lawyer in the city. Alliance Lex is the law firm. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW.
1: Global News at 9.30, I'm Michelle Morton. The final preparations are underway to lift the sunken tug, the Nathan E. Stewart, from the ocean floor thanks to favourable weather conditions. The vessel ran aground and sank about 28 kilometres from Bella Bella October 13th, and the latest reports say 107,000 litres of fuel was spilled. Incident Commander House, Jess Hausty says rigging should be completed overnight. Helsic First Nation says the tug is expected to be removed by tomorrow. A close call for an in- experienced hiker this evening on the north shore
4: don't think he anticipated um, the hike being as long as it was and then once it started to get dark he got off trail and that's when he really started to panic and we also had some pretty significant rainfall at that time so he was getting very cold and wet
1: North Shore Rescue Team Leader Mike Dank says they got the call just after 5 o'clock from the RCMP that there were several drop drop 911 calls. Dank says his team found the 25-year-old around 645. He says with some dry clothes, food, warm fluids, and some motivation from the team, the hiker was able to make his way back down.
4: The lesson learned here is that it does get dark earlier. Um, we always recommend that you hike with someone else and do your research on the hike that you're going to be doing.
1: Danks also recommends at this time of year to stick stick to the trails that are well-traveled. It will be a treat for star watchers around the world. The brightest moon in almost 69 years will be lighting up the sky this week. The phenomenon known as the supermoon will reach its most luminescent in North America before dawn tomorrow. The moon will be at its brightest because it's coming closer to the Earth than at any time since January 1948.
2: CKNW Time 932, now the latest AIM 730 traffic. Here's Caitlin Osatzky. Good evening, we start in Burnaby with a collision along Canada Way. It's eastbound at Burris, that's in the right lane. Traffic is able to squeeze by in the only eastbound lane and it is very slow for westbound traffic as well between Imperial and Burris. So best just avoid that area altogether. Lots of ongoing road work out there. In Vancouver, there is road work along Canby at southbound. Just before King Ed, the right lane is closed. It remains that way to the end of the year. And also along Oak, northbound between 10th and Broadway, the left lane is closed until December 31st. For the most up-to-date traffic information, tune in to AM 730. All traffic all the time. I'm Caitlin Osanski.
1: Now the latest global sky tracker weather on CKNW. Tonight, rain at times heavy and windy. Temperatures will be sticking around 10 degrees. And tomorrow, a chance of showers in the morning. Then mostly cloudy temp- Temperature steady around 11. In Abbotsford is 9 degrees and with light rain showers outside CKNW Pacific Centre is 10 degrees. CKW weather for the Good Feet store. Take your first step for, uh, toward pain-free feet today in Surrey off 101st Avenue or goodfeet.com. I'm Michelle Morton.
0: Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I could certainly use that good feet tonight. I have Uggs on, like socks and Uggs. <laughs> I'm wearing
4: my slippers right now.
0: <laughs> well, Uggs are pretty much like slippers. A big change from yesterday, 11 hours in pumps, I think. Darn good. <laughs> I, I rocked it in that department anyway. <laughs> Maybe not the rest. But uh, for sure in the heels. I love wearing heels, though. You just feel so great in heels. Um, maybe I'd find myself more attractive if the photograph was of the heels. I, I was a former foot model, I would a shoe model. I don't know what it was called. But anyway, I tried on shoes to see if they fit well. I was paid an exorbitant amount of money to do that. Um, and the job was only an hour a day. It was the best job I ever had. But anyway, do you find yourself attractive? We're talking about uh, a subconscious attraction to ourselves and our parents, especially the opposite sex parent as well. we Some research that was done by Fraley and Marx in 2010 showed that people expressed more sexual attraction to composite photographs, so like those police composite photographs, of um, so something like that, if their own photograph was morphed into that composite image versus a control in which another person's photograph was morphed into the composite image. If the participant didn't know that their own photos were included in the composites they and if they did realize so the participants didn't actually know that their own photographs were included in those composites but if they did believe or felt that the photographs were designed to resemble themselves then they rated themselves less appealing which is interesting so but they were basically attracted to themselves according to this research and so the research does suggest that we are unconsciously sexually attracted to others who resemble us. So we, we like somebody who has the same color hair, has the same color eyes, maybe a similar body shape, but I, I don't know, this whole opposites attract kind of thing. Uh, I, I'm not sure uh, what that's about because if we're looking for people that definitely resemble us, but, um, but our partners are actually even more likely to resemble our opposite sex parents than ourselves, raising the possibility that we are unconsciously attracted to our parents. And all of this has to do with the exposure that we encounter throughout life, such as images of ourselves or our parents. They are easier for the brain to process and become more attractive merely due to exposure. Uh, They also suggest that our attraction to those who resemble us may be indicative of self love. And self love is always a good thing, I think. I really think you need to love yourself. And that's why it's so tragic when somebody has been sexually abused as a child or sexually assaulted at any time or as an adolescent or as an adult because it really is talk about an invasion. Uh, I mean, it really just tears away at somebody's soul and it alters their life and it may impact their mental health, anxiety, depression, OCD. Uh, many, many people suffer with um, lots of mental health issues. Their sleep as well may be impacted because you can never quite trust again and uh, you've, you've lost that control. So self-love, it's, it's difficult to have self-love. If you have uh, been uh, sexually abused as a child, especially, um, but it also can do that. So I, I did digress a little bit there, but um, we are it, we are attracted to our opposite sex parents. It's probably creeping you out a little bit, uh, but if you're familiar with Freud's Oedipus complex, that our opposite sex parents are associated with sexual attraction. Uh, we realize we're not sexually attracted to our parents as maybe on some unconscious level, and you're not sexually attracted to the parents your parents themselves and a variety of research does demonstrate that, but we're just attracted to individuals associated with our parents in several ways so according to this study by Fraley and marx uh they did expose as i said the students the or the participants to photographs of uh the opposite-sex parents or photographs of someone else's parent as a control, and the student's sexual attraction to the individual facial photographs from a college yearbook. So those who had been subliminally exposed to the photographs of their own parents reported more sexual attraction to those yearbook photos than those exposed to photographs of someone else's parents. So other research shows that we're statistically more likely... Than chance to be romantically involved with partners who resemble our opposite sex parents in terms of hair and color and eye color, I think people always think that their uh, parents are uh you know they love their parents and their think their parents are attractive and um you know but i don 't think it's a necessarily a sexual uh attraction that is um and and it of course it should never ever happen but um So we may choose somebody who has a similar hair color or a similar eye color. Men with older parents find older faces more attractive. So that could account for that May-December relationship or that older woman, younger man kind of thing, which might be kind of fun sometimes. I always think it's great. I hear a lot of women, they'll say, like, my boyfriend's 17 years younger. I actually know this woman and she said her husband is, I think she's like 48 and he's 31, so I think it's a 17-year gap. And I'm like, you go, girl. That is fantastic. Um, So anyway, it's something to consider when we are uh, looking for partners or looking for lovers in all the wrong places. (laughs) You want to look for them in the right places. A lot of um, people don't realize this, but red is a color that men are attracted to, and uh, women can be attracted to, but it's a very appealing couple, uh, a very appealing color for people. And the reason is because our genitalia swells when we see the color red. Um, So that's why I wear a lot of... No, (laughs) I always say to somebody, they say, what should I wear? And I say, wear red. You know, like if you want to meet somebody, wear red. Men love the color red and they don't even realize it.
4: Red's my favorite color.
0: Red's a great color, you know, especially in clothing. Somebody said, oh, you shouldn't have worn my best friend. No, <laughs> my best critic said, you shouldn't have worn red. I'm like, I said, what What should I have worn? She said black. I'm like, well, red photographs well. And black is like, you know, I would have looked morbid and, you know, upset. And I wasn't. I was happy. Uh, this was yesterday at the Vancouver Women's Conference. Uh, so, yeah, so ladies, try red. See how if you attract uh, more men if you're out there looking for a guy out there on the scene. Um, I had about you know, three or four gorgeous ladies say to me, Maureen, how do we meet men in this city? It's just so hard. One actually said, how do I have sex with men in this city? <laughs> now, that's not going to be easy. Um, but, uh, you know, it's... I made some, some some suggestions to go to places where there are men. She said, well, where are there men? And I, I remember one time I, I because uh, I don't have an assistant, I turned up to an event and I actually thought I was speaking to a bunch of women. And it was actually like 280 men and 20 women. And I thought, now where are the women who want to meet men? They're all in suits. I took all a uh, photograph of them all standing from, so, you know, theoretically they shouldn't have jobs. <laughs> they don't generally come out at 6 o'clock with, in a suit, you know after a day of uh, hanging on the beach. Well, they might. But anyway, they seem to come from work. So, you know, different political events maybe have large crowds of men there. And uh, so I think that's my best uh, how-to-find-a-man tip. Wear red and go to events where men frequent. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about uh, testicles. Lady, not lady bits, your bits. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Feel good. How are you, Maureen McGrath? Here, Sunday night sex show, News Talk 980, CKNW. I had an email from a gentleman, Uh, Michael. I'm a 27 year old man, Maureen. I have one testicle. I have never had sex. I am going to get married. I would like to know if I can have healthy sex and relationships, and a baby. And is it possible to have a boy? And or a girl. And yes, it is possible. All of the above is possible. Undescended testicles or cryptorchidism is a testicle that hasn't moved into the proper position in the bag or the sack that hangs below your penis, otherwise known as the scrotum. That doesn't happen before birth when it should. Uh, About 10% of the time, both testicles are undescended, but you can also lose a testicle through an accident as well, or through testicular cancer. Uh, An undescended testicle is actually fairly uncommon, but most of the time it will descend down into the proper position on its own within a few months of life. So that's something to um, consider that that can happen at birth. I'm not sure exactly how yours happened, but you can also lose it from an accident or a testicular cancer. And there are generally enough hormones and um, sperm for you to last a lifetime, even from one testicle. So you should be absolutely fine uh, with that. Uh, and you are, you've never had sex before, so and you're 27? you're going to get married. So there, you know, that's not all that common. Uh, but there, I'm wishing you all the best in the, the loveliest of marriages, of course. Um, and but I, I can see where you might be a little bit nervous, but you don't have anything to worry about with that. You know, it's great to ask questions. You can email me talk at com or You can call me 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, As you know, I do a fair bit of work around uh, sexual abuse, especially uh, in women who have been sexually abused as children. It doesn't exclusively happen to women. Of course, men are also victims of sexual abuse as well. We have forensic nursing services here in this province and about 1,500 um, victims have had the, uh, and I don't even like to use the term rape kit, but have had examination, have been examined by these nurses between uh, kind of the Tri-Cities area, of Vancouver and Victoria in one year. And those are the people who actually pr- turn up to that service. So I imagine the number is a heck of a lot more Uh, So this is a service that is 24-7. Those nurses are on call. They are called all the time. They never stay home with the pager. They are in there. They should just schedule them every single day because they work constantly, these uh, forensic nurses in our province. So because uh, child abuse and sexual abuse especially is so damaging, and there is some hypothesis that it is damaging to a victim's brain development. And I can see that because many of these women that I see end up with anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorders, sex addiction, shopping addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, shoe addiction, and many different kinds of addictions. And so I was very happy to see uh, this new study that's going to be going on at the University of Calgary and the Sheldon Kennedy Child Advocacy Center because these people do suffer ongoing mental health challenges, and so that is going to be the focus of this long-term study by the University of Calgary and the Sheldon Kennedy Child Advocacy Center. If you recall, Sheldon Kennedy was uh, came out because his coach had sexually abused him over a long term, which is just, it was such a heart-wrenching story Uh, especially for his entire family, um, uh, that his mother sent him off and uh, thought he was in good hands, and, you know, it's just just horrific. So this, this affects an entire family. But the university's Matheson Center for Mental Health Research and Education, along with the Kennedy Center, will conduct the study. Initially, it will be a two-year pilot study and will involve 240 children between the ages of 6 and 17. I wanted to point out that the forensic nurses in our province that see these patients, see or these people, they see children as young as age 2 that have been sexually abused. It's mostly... Uh, females, but there are some males, and it's actually even more shameful for men to have been abused, sexually abused as children, because they they feel it uh, it weakens them. There's so many myths around around that they feel that they are damaged. They feel that they should have been stronger. This whole masculinity thing it hits at their masculinity, and so it's really difficult. Um, so half of the participants in this study, this is the design of the study will have experienced child abuse while the other half will have not. So we really are trying to understand the impacts of child abuse. And we heard from somebody yesterday who had been abused by, she was a female and she had been abused by other girls, sexually abused by girls in her neighborhood. It led to a a whole host of issues that occurred all along her life. She was then later raped by a man and she suffered. She said yesterday she never weighed more than a hundred pounds. It was the first time she actually tipped the scales at a hundred pounds her entire life. She'd gone through the process of dealing with her sexual abuse. So it's very damaging for people. That's all that I hear. It affects their sec- their intimate relationship. It affects, uh, their sense of of sexual sexuality, their sexual self esteem, so this I'm very happy to see this two year study, but after that two years, uh, the researchers hope to expand the study enroll up to a thousand children. This is such a problem in our society who will be followed for ten to fifteen years. Um, and you know, with the hope of preventing what happened to Sheldon Kennedy by uh, his perpetrator, Graham James. And it, uh, he came forward 20 years ago, and he's worked arduously to try and shine a light on this darkness. Um, so he opened the advocacy center in Calgary. I was talking to a woman woman today in the pedicure chair, and she uh, she asked me what I did, and I told her kind of the work that I did, and she said, you know, she had actually suffered sexual abuse as a child, and she realized how much it had affected her, and one of her goals in life was to set up a center. Much like uh, what uh, they're doing in this research study, but a center that brought together, um, be- much like uh, Sheldon Kennedy's Center for Advocacy in Calgary, that brings together the police, the social workers, the medical staff, the psychologists, the nurses, the prosecutors, so to keep young victims from having to constantly retell and relive their abuse because it just can be so much more damaging for them and uh, and. Retriggering and uh, make, make things so much more difficult. And I think validation is really important. Um, since in, at Sheldon Kennedy's uh, center, which I think opened in 2013, he's seen, they have seen more than 4,500 infants, children, and youth who have suffered abuse. Now they are actually including not just sexual abuse, but they are including neglect, physical abuse, emotional abuse, financial abuse. So abuse comes in many forms. And one third of those children and youth who have been seen at the Sheldon Kennedy Center have met serious mental health concerns, including self-harm, addiction, sexualized behavior, and suicidal thoughts. So we need to end this stigma. We're going to go to break right now on this on this downward note, which I, I feel really badly about. and You really have just no idea how, how horrific it is. But uh, when I come back, we'll uh, chat a little bit more about what's coming up next week. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. Thank you so much for being here with me tonight. Thanks to everybody who came out to the inaugural Vancouver Women's Conference, the nasty women who are out there buying up the Womanizer, which I didn't even mention tonight. The Womanizer, that's a happy note. We took back that word as well. We reclaimed that. I should have told my story about the Womanizer yesterday. But um, great uh, sex device. For women, it's a clitoral suckling device. Nothing like it. Uh, if you want to be the man of the hour, <laughs> at least. Oh, I did. I wanted to tell this story. I actually, had a patient. I had somebody phone me. They said, "I want. Could I buy the womanizer? Can I get it right away? Or where could I get it?" And I, anyway, I said, "You can come to my practice on Thursday, and I'll. Um, I, you can purchase it there." So he came in, and he had a relationship. Um, It was a long-distance relationship, and he had just entered into it. And tradition in that culture uh, where he was um, visiting was to bring a gift. And he said, most guys bring flowers, and I'm going to bring a womanizer. I'm like, you are the guy. You are the man. But he was nervous about how she might receive it because mostly women. But he was like late 40s, maybe early 50s. And uh, he said, uh, you know, it's it's not flowers. I'm like, it's a womanizer. It's way better. And so I said, besides, if you note that she's a little nervous, because he didn't really know her, so I have to give him credit. He didn't know her that well, and he wasn't sure if it was going to go in uh, lead to anything. But I said, you know what? You can just pretend that it's a facial cleaner, because <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> and just say, oh no, oh my gosh, no, it's not for down there. It's for up here. It's for pores. Yes. You
4: know what? When we were cleaning up my parents' basement, our grandparents' <laughs> basement, sorry, we found an old hand massager, uh-huh. and it actually looks... It has oh, the yeah. same little...
0: There are no hand massages, Matt. Okay. Oh, no, yeah. I, that's, <laughs> there are no hand massages. I'm massagers. glad that I found
4: this after my grandmother passed away. <laughs> yeah, but.
0: absolutely. Well, your grandmother rocked. Uh, anyway, so there's. you can visit my website, backtothebedroom.ca. You can follow my blog, 50 Shades of Pink. Subscribe to my blog, 50 Shades of Pink. It's going to get better and better. And also, um, you can email me, at hotmail.com that's nurse talk at hotmail dot com n u r s e t a l k at hotmail dot com uh check uh me out on the huffington post you'll see me there i'll we'll we'll be posting some pictures on on facebook live from the event and uh thanks again matt for helping me out tonight and yesterday and you're a great guy and remember when you stumble on this gravel road of life make it part of your dance i'm maureen mcgrath and you have been listening to the sunday night sex show on news talk 980 cknw Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.